Sound Words, Christian Magazine, Volumes 71-80. Republished by Irving Risch, host of Down to Earth but Heavenly Minded Podcast. Meditations on the Ark of God. The Ark in Captivity. There will be no doubt in any spiritual mind that the captivity of the Ark of God foreshadows the entry into death of the Blessed Son of God. How wonderful is the divine wisdom that comes to light in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. The disciples of Jesus were confounded when they saw their master taken captive by the leaders of Israel, then handed over to the Roman power to be crucified, but they learned, and were able to testify before the people, that although he had been taken, and by wicked hands, crucified and slain, yet his was by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, Acts chapter 2 verse 23. The purposes of God required that his son should enter into death to break the power of death, to vanquish Satan, and to procure redemption. And God's son willingly undertook to die that God might be glorified in that which at the first appeared to be defeat. For Eli, the death of his sons and the defeat of Israel were a great calamity, but for the heart of the pious priest the greatest of all calamities was the captivity of the ark of God. When he heard of this, he fell, and his neck was broken. Old as he was, he had a great responsibility. He had not restrained his sons, even if he had rebuked and pleaded with them, and he had allowed them to take away the ark of God without a divine command or even consulting Jehovah. If this was Eli's weakness, neglect and judgment, what shall we say of the high priest, the chief priests, and the leaders of Israel, who not only allowed the true ark to go into captivity, but wickedly plotted with Judas Iscariot to betray him, then condemned and abused him, and delivered him up to Pilate to be slain? What an awful judgment awaits them! Eli's daughter-in-law seems to have borne a very different character to her wicked husband, for she was greatly concerned about the Ark of God. True, she heard with grief about the death of Eli, and of her husband, but what broke her heart was the taking of the Ark of God, and this she made very clear in naming her son Ichabod. For she said, The glory is departed from Israel, for the Ark of God is taken, 1 Samuel chapter 4 verses 21-22. She was like the women who stood by the cross of the Lord Jesus, and like Mary of Magdala who said, They have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. John chapter 20 verse 13. When the Lord Jesus was crucified, the glory indeed departed from Israel. How few in the days of Eli really thought of God's glory as connected with his ark, and how few could say with the apostle John of the Lord Jesus, We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. John chapter 1 verse 14. From Israel as a nation the divine glory has departed, and will not return until Messiah returns, and they are established in the land on the ground of the new covenant in his blood. It was not long before the enemies of God's people found themselves in trouble with the ark, for on the early morning of the day after which they had taken it into the house of the god Dagon, he was found on his face before the ark of the Lord. Christ's going into death brought low the God of this world, the foreshadowing of what is soon going to take place, when, at the name of Jesus every knee, shall, bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, Philippians chapter 2 verse 10. The demons refused to own the lordship of Jesus when he was upon earth, but in the coming day they, with every other creature, will be brought to his feet to own him Lord. And this is because Jesus, humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The Philistines had at the first been afraid when the ark came into the camp of Israel. But in capturing the ark they no doubt thought their fears groundless. Instead of learning the lesson of Dagon on his face on the earth before the ark, they put Dagon back in his place again, only to find him, not only fallen down again, but broken. His head and hands cut off, his fish stump being left. Are we not taught another lesson from this, even that the death of Christ not only brought down the power of the God of this world, but also broke his power, or, as the scripture says, 
that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. What took place in the house of Dagon is but a faint foreshadowing of what took place when Christ went into death. Satan thought he had achieved a mighty victory over God and his Christ when he used the leaders of Israel to crucify and slay their Messiah, but, in the wisdom of God, it was to his own undoing. Jesus was indeed crucified in weakness, but in him there was power to deal the enemy a mortal blow, and on coming out of death, he led captivity captive, and, ascended up far above all heavens. That he might fill all things, e.p.h. 4, 8-10. It was then that, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them, Col 2.15. Men did not see this mighty triumph, but it was public to the unseen world, just as it was seen by the priests of Dagon that the God had been humbled and broken. The effects of the presence of the ark in Dagon's house were lasting, for, neither the priests of Dagon, nor any that come into Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod unto this day, 1 Samuel chapter 5 verse 5. Like the triumph of the Philistines, the triumph of Satan was short-lived, and the effects of Christ's triumph were lasting, and for the rich and abiding blessing of his own. Not only was the God punished, but the inhabitants of Ashdod shared God's displeasure, for the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them, and smote them with emeralds. Even Ashdod and the coasts thereof, 1 Samuel chapter 5 verse 6. And does not the world share the judgment of its God, even as we read in John chapter 16, that the Holy Spirit reproves the world, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged, John chapter 16 verse 11. It was a solemn matter for the inhabitants of Ashdod to lay their hands upon the ark of God, and how much more solemn for the world to lay their hands upon the Lord Jesus, and put him to death. How very foolish the wisdom of this world was made by the death of Christ, and this is shown in the dilemma of the lords of the Philistines. Called upon by the inhabitants of Ashdod, they are asked, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They reply, Let the ark of the God of Israel be carried about unto Gath. At Gath the hand of God was manifested in judgment as it had been at Ashdod. For the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. Without calling for the lords of the Philistines, the inhabitants of Gath sent away the ark to Ekron. And as it came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us, to slay us and our people. Destruction and death were indeed saying in the cities of the Philistines concerning the ark of God, We have heard the fame thereof with our ears, Job chapter 28 verse 22. Plagues and destruction came with the presence of God's ark, a contrast to the words, O death, I will be thy plagues, O grave, I will be thy destruction, Hosea chapter 13 verse 14. The men of Akron called for the lords of the Philistines, not to ask for counsel, but to give it, for they said to them, Send away the ark of the God of Israel. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, the hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died not were smitten with the emeralds, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. The inhabitants of the cities of the Philistines, like the men of Israel, had to learn that they could not handle with impunity the ark of the God of Israel. It is a very solemn matter to have to do with the Christ of God, and all will have to do with him sooner or later. Even King David had to learn this lesson, along with others who had not learned from God's word his thoughts concerning his ark. Whether it be in ignorance, or willfully, those who disregard God's thoughts of Christ will come in for the solemn judgments as shown in what happened to the men of Ashdod, Gath and Akron. Death could not hold the Lord Jesus any more than could the Philistines the Ark of Jehovah, they were compelled to send it away, remembering what happened to Pharaoh, who hardened his heart when plagued by the God of Israel. On the advice of the priests and diviners they offered a trespass offering, five golden mice and five golden emeralds, according to the number of the five lords of the Philistines, for God's hand had been, and still was, upon their lords as upon the people. 
The mice had destroyed their land, and the emeralds had smitten their persons. The object of the trespass offering was to give glory unto the God of Israel, and to desire the lightening of his hand from off them, the gods and their lands. God's glory had been vindicated by the presence of the ark in the midst of his enemies, who were compelled to give him glory. How great is the glory that has been brought to God through the death of his Son! All his and our foes have been defeated, death has been vanquished, redemption has been secured, and the basis laid in death for the accomplishment of all God's will. On a new cart, and with two milch kine, whose calves had been taken home, the ark was sent on its way to Beth Shemesh. This was to prove whether the judgments had come from God, or whether, it was a chance that had befallen them. Nature would have caused the cows to return for their calves, but guided by the God of Israel they took their way straight before them, lowing as they went. The five lords of the Philistines followed after. Right to the border of Beth Shemesh, and having seen all that took place, returned to Ekron, no doubt convinced that the God of Israel had indeed been dealing with them. And glad to have his ark no longer in their midst. This was not the way that God had commanded his ark to be carried, but the Philistines could not be expected to know the will of the Lord, so that he accepted their offering and overlooked their ignorance. What was done in the field of Joshua the Bethshemite, the cleaving of the wood of the cart, and the offering of the kine, for a burnt offering, and the levites taking down the ark, and the offering of other burnt offerings and sacrifices, must have been well pleasing unto the Lord. It was the levites' privilege, that of the sons of Kohath, to carry the ark on their shoulders, and this, very properly followed the destruction of the new cart of the Philistines. The testimony of God is to be carried on the shoulders of his saints, born in the lives of those in nearness to him. Alas, many in this day have their own way of carrying God's testimony. Instead of following carefully the divine instructions of the Holy Scriptures, they have their own ideas, thinking that the end justifies the means. This is but ignorance of God and His Word, and imitating the men of this world instead of doing what God has commanded.